Girlfriends, episode number 283, Four Ways the Surrender Novena Can Change Your Life. Hello, and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about a new favorite prayer of mine, the Surrender Novena. This prayer can change your life, and we are going to talk about four ways that it can. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriend, how are you? Thanks for showing up. I'm so glad you're here for the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. If you are a first-time listener, I want to welcome you. Thank you for checking us out. Thank you for giving us a try. I hope you're going to stick around and want to be a part of the Girlfriends community. And for all the rest of you, I'm glad you're back. I'm thrilled to connect with you here. As always, it's a special time that we have together each week. So this week, I'm going to be sharing with you one of my favorite new prayers. Are you familiar with the Surrender Prayer? So this prayer, I I had heard of it. People had recommended it to me. It's one of those things, right? Like sometimes people recommend things to you and you're not at a place in your life where you're ready for it. Well, I finally ended up bumping into this prayer in a time and a place where I was ready for it. And um, it's called the Surrender Novena. And so the origin of this is Servant of God, which is kind of like a pre-pre-pre-saint title, right? So this is somebody who's on the path to sainthood. This is Servant of God, Don Dolindo Riotolo, who was a priest who was spiritual director of Padre Pio for a short time. So um, he's got some street cred there. But the origin of this novena is from Don Dolindo, and it was words that Jesus spoke to him. So it was, these words were given to Don Delindo Rotolo by Jesus. He received the words of this novena in prayer. And of course, we're not required <laughs> because this is not an approved apparition by the church. We're not required to believe it, but there are so many good things that you're not required to believe that we can choose to believe. And I believe these words are inspired by Jesus. So that's part of what really is appealing to me about this particular novena is that these are Jesus's words. And so it's a regular novena in that there are nine days to it, but each of the days has a different little, a little very small, like one paragraph message from Jesus. And the basic structure of the novena is this little message from Jesus each day and then repeating 10 times, oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you take care of everything. It's that simple, repeating that 10 times. And I, you know, that you might be tempted to kind of reject that, like, that's dumb. Like, that's too simple, right? But that's, for me, part of the charm of this prayer is that it is simple. It's a very doable novena. And so I, I prayed it for the first time uh, several months ago now, but I liked it so much that I decided to make it a habit to just keep on praying it. You know, nobody says you have to do a nine-day novena and then stop praying that prayer. So I just start back on day one when I'm done with day nine. And I'm not perfect. I, I might miss a day or two here and there. But for the most part, I'm trying to pray this prayer every single day. And actually, my Hallow app, which we've talked about here before on the podcast, and we've actually had Abby Fredrickson from the Hallow app on the show before. Um, you know I love my Hallow app. 
it has it on there. So it's super easy. You can just click the next day and pray the novena. It takes five minutes. And But what I've loved about it is focusing on these words of Jesus. And I've loved the fact that this has kind of seeped into, creeped into other parts of my life. And I've been noticing different ways that this kind of prayer has been changing me. So I really wanted to share it with you. I really want to encourage you to pray the Surrender Novena if you haven't before, or if you haven't in a while to go back to it, to revisit it. I really think it's a powerful, very simple prayer that connects us to Jesus in a very intimate and personal way. So I'm going to talk about four ways that this prayer can change your life. And whether you do it on the Hallow app, or I'll have a link in the show notes, the the entire prayer is available at ascensionpress.com. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. You know, however you choose to pray it, I, I hope that you will consider checking it out. So let me get to my four ways. So the first way that I find that the Surrender Novena can change your life, and certainly has changed my life, is that it can help to align your own will to God's will. And now this is everything, right? If we can do this, we have won. <laughs> we have done everything we ever need to do if we can align our will to God's will. That's the big challenge in in all of our prayer lives, right? So let me read to you part of one of the prayers. I'm not going to read the entire novena here, but for each of these different points, I'm going to read a little section. So on one of the days, this is what Jesus says. So these are Jesus's words. Surrender to me does not mean to fret, to be upset, or to lose hope, nor does it mean offering to me a worried prayer, asking me to follow you and change your worry into prayer. It is against this surrender, deeply against it, to worry, to be nervous, and to desire to think about the consequences of anything. It is like the confusion that children feel when they ask their mother to see to their needs and then try to take care of those needs for themselves so that their childlike efforts get in their mother's way. Isn't that just powerful, those words? Because I feel convicted. I feel indicted when I read these words, because how often do we approach prayer like that? We bring our worry to prayer, which yes, we're supposed to bring whatever you're, whatever you're worried about, bring it to prayer. But asking God to work in our ways or looking to control the consequences, right? It's deeply against this surrender that Jesus desires from us to desire to think about the consequences of anything. Well, gosh, when we're worrying, that's all we're thinking about are the consequences of things. We're worried about outcomes, very specific outcomes and wanting to control those. And I love this comparison to, you know, children asking their mother to take care of their needs. We can all relate to that. And and then trying to take care of their needs themselves. How silly. And we've all seen this before. You've probably experienced it with your own kids or in other situations in your life where, you know, somebody is trying to do something for themselves that they aren't equipped to take care of and they need help. And yet sometimes that's exactly how we're approaching God in our prayer lives, asking him to help and then turning around and trying to control it all ourselves. And this is something I've found I very powerfully felt changed in the way that I pray as a result of praying this Surrender Novena on a regular basis. Um, I especially experienced it in a particular way this past weekend. We had a terrible experience this past weekend. Um, My husband, Dan, had some medical issues, ended up in an emergent situation, going to the ER, getting checked into the hospital. He is fine. He is 100%. Um, there's some things we're going to have to follow up with and whatever. I won't share all of those details because that's Dan's medical history, but just know he is fine. Um, but it was, it was a terrible time. And, um, spending those two days in the hospital was a terrible, challenging time for us. And on one of those nights I was able to stay with him 
on one of those nights, we decided to pray together. And when we went to pray, um, I was saying words like, I was saying things along the lines of, Lord, please give Dan the strength he needs to face whatever lies ahead for him. Please give Dan peace in this situation with not knowing how this is going to turn out. Please give Dan the strength to enter into whatever your will is for him in the whatever lies ahead and you know whatever the outcome of this is along those lines i was talking praying along those lines and at one point dan interrupted me and was like okay um when are you going to get to the part about praying for my healing and praying for good test results <laughs> so and it was so funny because i was sort of jarred in that moment like oh i i actually wasn't going to pray for that and not that there's anything at all wrong with that and we did go on to pray for that those specific outcomes there's nothing wrong with praying for specific outcomes but i was really struck by the fact that i wasn't inclined to pray for a particular outcome although of course i very much care about those things and that's very much what i want are these good outcomes good test results and healing um but i was more inclined to see that prayer time as an opportunity to be entering into a relationship with God and firming ourselves up in that relationship with God in order that we might better align our will to his. Learning that God's will is a good thing. Why is that so hard for us? It's so hard for us to trust that God's will is good. So, you know, Jesus gives us that example when he's praying in the garden before his his passion and death, where he prays those words, Lord, take this cup from me. That's a specific outcome he's praying for. So there's nothing wrong with praying for a specific outcome. But Jesus continues that example, follows up with the words, but not my will, but your will be done. And we do struggle to see that. We struggle to see that God is good and he wants good things for us. We sometimes distrust that. And aligning our will to God can feel like a scary thing, letting go of our own will because we think we know best. We think we know with great detail how everything should turn out. And yeah, on the surface, it can seem like, yeah, I want good test results from this medical situation, or I want healing from this thing that I'm suffering from. That can seem like a very good outcome, and and it is. But God, who knows all things, His will is always better. And that is part of what we kind of learn to see or grow in acceptance of through praying the words of this prayer novena, this surrender novena which are the words of Jesus reminding us to align our will to the will of God, reminding us that God's will is always what's best for us. So that's the first way that praying the surrender novena, in my opinion, can change your life. And I'm not telling you this to tell you I'm perfect at this in any way, shape, or form, but I have begun to feel myself changing in my approach to prayer as a result of praying this this novena. All right, the second way that I believe praying the surrender novena can change your life is that it helps you to see the goodness of God. So the little section I'm going to read here, these are Jesus's words from this novena. And when I must lead you on a path different from the one you see, I will prepare you. I will carry you in my arms. I will let you find yourself like children who have fallen asleep in their mother's arms on the other bank of the river. What troubles you and hurts you immensely are your reason, your thoughts and worry, and your desire at all costs to deal with what afflicts you. Isn't that beautiful? That is so powerful. Thinking about ourselves as a child who's fallen asleep in his mother's arms, 
beautiful image there. This is how Jesus is inviting us into relationship with him. He wants us to trust him in that way, trust in his goodness. And you're going to wake up on the other side of the river. What a beautiful thing. And how tempting that is to, you know, think like, okay, yes, that is, that's what I want. That's what I want. Because all these things that we struggle with, all the things that you might be bringing to prayer, everything that you might be feeling challenged by, that might be hurting you right now, that you're disappointed and discouraged about, all of those things, God knows all about them. And he's reminding us what troubles you and hurts you immensely are your reason, your thoughts, your worry, and your desire at all costs to deal with what afflicts you. And do you see how that goodness of God is so simple? And he's calling us to have that kind of childlike faith in him, childlike trust in the goodness of God. Those words that you repeat 10 times each day in the Surrender Novena, oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. And you know what? When I first started praying this prayer, I kind of had a hesitation about those words. Like, okay, I understand that Jesus, I surrender myself to you. That's what Jesus is always calling us to do. Give ourselves over to him, trust in him. And, you know, that's been a mantra of mine through the years. Jesus, I trust in you. And just praying to grow in that trust, that childlike trust in God. But the second part, take care of everything. Like, I think to myself, isn't that a cop-out? Like, I'm just going to, I'm going to just check out and God's going to take care of everything? Like, don't I have to do some stuff? And yeah, of course, we have to do some stuff. But the number one thing God is asking us to do is to trust in him, to surrender to him. And he will make clear the things that we ought to do, that we can do. But what trips us up is feeling like everything rests on our shoulders, starting with ourselves, trusting in ourselves, trusting in our own skills, our own abilities, our own bank accounts, our own jobs, our own status, even trusting in other people to bring about certain outcomes that we might be looking for. That trips us up. You take care of everything. We say to Jesus in this novena, it's that reminder that once you've given it all to God, once you have truly surrendered and I try very much when I'm praying this to, to be conscious of the fact that when I say I surrender myself to you, that means everything. It means my physical self, my health, my work, my marriage, my kids, my money, everything. Surrender everything. My friendships, my social status, whatever I've got going on in my life, surrender it to Jesus. That's what he's calling us to do surrender these things. And then everything that follows from that is God taking care of everything. And yes, we will need to do some things. It's not like we get to just check out and take a nap because we've surrendered to Jesus, but we get to stop fretting, worrying, wondering, trying to control, dealing with things in that way, allowing God, giving it to God in that way. You know, I recently had a a challenging situation related to my work, and I found so much peace in, as hard as it was to make myself pray these words, giving it to Jesus and surrendering it to him. And I I ended up having a a talk with somebody, um, a a good friend of mine about this, and they were asking me all these details about how are you going to handle that? And how are you going to do this? And what are you thinking about that? And I told them, I said, I've surrendered it to Jesus. And as, you know, holy roller as that might sound as whatever, I authentically meant it, that I've given this over to Jesus and I am not stressing about those details. And I'm trusting that he's going to let me know the right things to do at the right times. And that is it. 
So I, I think there's a lot of peace to be found in that. That's one of the fruits of this. And that's the most ironic thing. We think we want to control everything because we think that's how we're going to get the outcome we want. When ultimately, sometimes the very specifics of the kind of outcome that we think we want is not what's best for us. It's not what's going to make us happy. God knows what's going to make us happy. He's got that big picture. So he helps this, this praying this surrender novena helps us to see the goodness of God and begin to trust in the goodness of God and turn all of that fretting over to him because that's what's exhausting. That's what's so stressful. That's what depletes us. Whether you're worried about money or worried about health or worried about your kids or worried about your marriage, this is what exhausts and depletes us is trying to control all of it. These words that Jesus speaks here, it's your reason, your thoughts, your worry, and your desire at all costs to deal with what afflicts you, that hurts you immensely. What troubles you and hurts you immensely are those things. And he's calling on us to be like a child who's fallen asleep in his mother's arms and trust in him to carry us over to the other bank of the river. What a beautiful image that is. I, I love that invitation from Jesus here in that one little prayer in, in the Surrender Novena. All right. So the third way that I want to share with you that the Surrender Novena can change your life is that it helps you to have a personal relationship with Jesus. So the section I want to read here is this. this is, these are Jesus's words. Close your eyes and let yourself be carried away on the flowing current of my grace. Close your eyes and do not think of the present, turning your thoughts away from the future just as you would from temptation. Repose in me, believing in my goodness, and I promise you by my love that if you say you take care of it, I will take care of it all. I will console you, liberate you, and guide you. Are these not beautiful promises from Jesus? Are these not everything we want? Everything we desire is here. He's promising it to us if we will surrender to him. Let yourself be carried away on the flowing current of my grace. Whatever it is you're struggling with, here is your invitation from Jesus to a personal connection with him. And it's through this personal connection with him, this personal surrender to him, that we can begin to believe in his goodness and understand that he will take care of it all. He says, I will console you, liberate you, and guide you. And then this phrase I just absolutely love, which is, do not think of the present, turning your thoughts away from the future just as you would from temptation. And let me tell you, when I have been praying these, these words, and then I bring them into my day with me, as you know, if you spend some time in prayer in the morning, that's one of the beautiful gifts is that it can stay with you. You can bring it with you into your day and you can reflect on it. It can come back to you in moments of need. I would think about those things when it's seeing the worry about the future as a temptation and turning away from it, just thinking of that, just spiritually turning your eyes away from that temptation, thinking about worry about your future as a temptation, turning your eyes away from it as you would something that's blatantly tempting you towards sin because it's pulling you away from God, pulling you away from that personal relationship that Jesus wants to have with you. This non-complicated relationship. You know, sometimes we can get all worked up. And that is um, another thing that I really love about this novena is we get all worked up in all these fancy, complicated ways that we want to pray. And I want to use this prayer resource and, you know, as good as all of those things are. And, you know, I'm not telling anybody not to use any particular prayer book or prayer practice or devotion if you, if you like it and it's helpful to you. But in the end, it's not about all the stuff 
that we might bring to prayer, the books we might use or the app that we might like or the music we might listen to or the candles we might light. or It's not about any of that. It's about this personal relationship with Jesus, and we make it more complicated than it needs to be. The Surrender Novena really underscores that for me, the idea that Jesus is calling us, inviting us to a personal connection with Him, a very intimate and personal connection. All of this imagery of a child asleep in his mother's arms, being carried away on the flowing current of His grace, it's so personal and so intimate, and it's so inviting to every one of us. So that's the third way that the Surrender Novena can change your life, is let you have a personal relationship with Jesus. All right, the fourth way I want to mention is that the Surrender Novena helps you to pray without ceasing. So let me read this this little segment from one of the days of the Surrender Novena. Pray always in readiness to surrender, and you will receive from it great peace and great rewards, even when I confer on you the grace of immolation, of repentance, and of love. Then what does suffering matter? It seems impossible to you? Close your eyes and say with all your soul, Jesus, you take care of it. Do not be afraid. I will take care of things and you will bless my name by humbling yourself. A thousand prayers cannot equal one single act of surrender. Remember this well. There is no novena more effective than this. Okay, so here we're being reminded of the power of surrender, the value of surrender, the worth of it, it's worth more than a thousand prayers. This act of surrender is what it's all about, and that it can be as simple as saying, Jesus, you take care of it. And so I find that it helps you to pray without ceasing. You know, St. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And I share in my book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, that that was, you know, something that I didn't used to take very seriously. You'd read those words from St. Paul and be like, well, he must be exaggerating because nobody can pray without ceasing. I mean, what on earth is he even talking about? We have stuff to do, right? We're busy. But what I've come to realize and what I do share in the book is that we can make a practice of turning our minds and our hearts toward God in a meaningful way throughout our days. And little short prayers like this one are one way that we can do that. You know, praying, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I surrender myself to you very small little prayer with such deep and powerful meaning. So if you're going to pray the Surrender Novena, you might pray it for the nine days and and move on to other things. But I want to encourage you to take that little phrase with you. Remember it. Remember it in a moment where you're feeling challenged. Maybe you receive some disappointing or discouraging news, or you have a difficult conversation with somebody, or something doesn't go the way you wanted it to at all. You have a bad meeting at work, or an argument with your husband, or your teenager is acting crazy. You know, in that moment, give it to Jesus. You know, we always talk about, like, I'm going to give it to God, give it to God, and move on, right? But this is real. Like, give it to Jesus in this way, in this very deliberate way, with this tiny phrase that you can say a thousand times during your day, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Jesus, I surrender this to you, whatever it is you're struggling with. Give it to him and ask him to take care of it. And then, you know, the ultimately the fruit of this is to grow in your trust in God, in the goodness of God, and learning that God's will for you might look very different from what you would choose, but it is infinitely better, 
infinitely better in the long run, but also in the short term. And this is sometimes what we forget. We get caught up in this idea like, okay, yes, I know God's will is superior to my will. I want this thing right now that I think is going to make me happy. And, you know, God's will is some other thing which might involve some kind of suffering or deprivation on my part. And I don't want it. Like, I don't want to deal with that. This is, I want my thing. I want whatever it is I'm specifically praying for. And we might even believe like, oh, in the long term, right, that suffering and that deprivation and all of these ways that I'm going to be hurt or challenged is good for me. If that's what's ultimately what's best for me. We might even believe that, but we're still hesitating because we're like, right now, in this moment, I want this good thing. But God's will isn't just good for us in the long term. It's good for us in the short term. It bears these fruits of peace, of joy of satisfaction that we find in our relationship with God when we are seeking to align our will with His. When we surrender to Him, those are the fruits of it. Peace and joy and fulfillment right now, even though you might suffer something that you don't want, even though you might struggle through some challenge that you would never choose for yourself. You can still have that beautiful gift of peace even in that suffering, even in that thing you would never choose for yourself. And I think that's sometimes what we forget, that this is, the, this is the fruit of that. And then what does Jesus tell us in these words of the prayer? He tells us that the fruits of us trying to control everything is our own suffering, our own anxiety, our own worry, our own stress, our own fretting. That's all the results of us trying to control everything. So let go of it. And that's the challenge here in this prayer. So beautifully simple and yet so powerful. So I want to encourage you to pray the Surrender Novena yourself. There's, I mean, I've shared with you some little bits of it here, but every day has, you know, a, a little bit of, of text before you repeat that phrase, oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. And there's so much beauty there. There's so much depth there that I know this prayer can and will bless you if you make it part of your life. So go to the show notes at ascensionpress.com. There are always show notes for the Girlfriends podcast there. And I will have the link to the page on Ascension that has all of the words of the prayer. You could print it out from there and you know bring it to your prayer time. Also, I mentioned that it's on the Hallow app. I'm sure it's available other places online as well. But I just want to encourage you to give this Surrender Novena a try. But also, if you do pray it or if you have prayed it, and I would love to hear from you about your experiences with praying the Surrender Novena and what ways has it blessed you, helped you to grow in your relationship with Jesus, grow in your trust in God. I would love to hear it. So connect with me on Voxer. I would love to get a Vox from you. Um, you can get the link to connect with me on Voxer always in the show notes at ascensionpress.com or send me an email, good old-fashioned email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me on social media, especially Instagram. I love connecting with podcast listeners there. I'm Danielle Bean on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, coming up, we've got our mini book club for my book, Whisper. Don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Are you ready to know St. Joseph in a personal way? Father Mark Toops, adjunct faculty member for the Institute for Priestly Formation and presenter of Rejoice and Oremus, brings you in St. Joseph's footsteps. 30 Days of Meditations. It may be daunting or challenging to get to know St. Joseph, but through In St. Joseph's Footsteps, you will not only get to know St. Joseph, but the Holy Family as well. 
Walk with St. Joseph through 30 days of meditations using St. Ignatius of Loyola's imaginative prayer. From the betrothal of St. Joseph to Mary, to the presentation, and more, you will walk through major moments in St. Joseph's life. To learn more about In St. Joseph's Footsteps, 30 Days of Meditations, go to ascensionpress.com forward slash Joseph. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the podcast where during these few weeks, during the summer, I am doing a mini book club here for my book, which is newly available from Ascension. You can go to ascensionpress.com to get your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday I would love for you to have your own copy as we're following through week by week here on the podcast. If you've already gotten your copy, I would love to hear your feedback and your thoughts as we're going through week by week, one chapter at a time here on the podcast. So this week, we're looking at chapter eight, which is titled, With the Help of Thy Grace, Everyday Confession. So I couldn't write a book about finding God in the everyday and not talk about the sacraments, right? Because these are the as no duh as some of the other ways that I talk about connecting with God, but we all need the reminders of it. Um, Yeah, the sacraments for sure are obviously places where we meet Jesus, where we connect with God, where we receive grace. And um, I thought I would focus one, one chapter on the sacrament of confession. This is a sacrament that many of us have a complicated relationship with. Do you love confession? I know some people who love it so much and they can't wait to go and they're on fire about it, but that's not the norm. Many people really struggle with confession. Maybe you haven't been in a while and you're kind of avoiding it. I know for me right now, I'm in a pretty good habit where I'm going once a month. I try to go the first weekend of the month. And, you know, just making that decision was one way to help me be really regular about it. Um, Just deciding I'm going to go the first weekend of the month. So that kind of kept me on track where I wasn't like always thinking, oh, has it been a month yet? I'm not even sure, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as, as simple as that is, it's really helped me kind of stay on track with going at least once a month. For sure, you can go more often than that. I know people who go every week. So for sure, you can do that. But if it's been a long time since you've been, if you're avoiding going, I know for me, at certain points in my life where I really needed to go, sometimes that's where I avoided it. You know, that's where the enemy gets in, right? He creeps into our heads and gets us started thinking about all the reasons why we can't go, shouldn't go, can't go right now. Oh, it'll be better next week or next time or whatever. He'll he'll do anything to get us to put it off because it is so powerful, such a powerful force for the good in our lives, receiving that sacramental grace in the sacrament of confession. So this is your little nudge. This is your little reminder. If you need to get to confession, if it's been a while since you've been to confession, I did a whole show once about why you need to get to confession, which was like a hard nudge. And if you need to listen to that one, I I suggest you go find that one and listen to it. Um, But this is your reminder. If it's been a little while, get yourself over there. Figure out when when they have it at your your parish or make an appointment with your priest. You can always do that. But I, I shared in the book this story about once when I was at a conference and I asked the priest to hear my confession at the end of the conference day. I was going to be speaking at this conference. And he was like, oh, well, how about right now? And I was so taken aback, like, oh, uh, okay, <laughs> you know, all right, let's go have confession right now. And we kind of sat in a corner of the room, which I'm usually a behind the screen kind of girl. That's just how I roll. I find it much less distracting to not be hyper aware of the priest's presence there. And um, so I was kind of rattled when I was doing this confession in this way, when I was at that conference. And then when he asked me to pray my act of contrition, 
I went to pray my act of contrition, which I've said, you know, I've had this memorized since I was six years old or whatever. And I just kind of blanked on some of the words. And I realized the words I was blanking on were, with the help of thy grace, I firmly resolve with the help of thy grace to sin no more. And um, he prompted me very generously and kindly, as embarrassing as it was to have forgotten the words there. But I was reflecting on it afterwards. And it, I thought that was really telling that I was forgetting those words with the help of thy grace. How often do we forget? Everything we do is with the help of his grace, including going to confession. We need that grace that we receive in the sacraments. And yet, how often do we avoid it? With the help of thy grace, the only that's that's the only way we can do anything worthwhile. Jesus tells us in the Gospels, you can do nothing without me. Nothing. He couldn't be more clear. We can do nothing without him. So why are we avoiding the sacrament, right? So with the help of thy grace, I thought that was a really good kind of reminder. The fact that I stumbled and forgot those words was telling to me, like, how often do I forget that I do everything with the help of God's grace? And you know, not to take the, the sacrament for granted and get over whatever obstacles we have. Maybe you had a bad experience in confession. Don't let that stop you from the beautiful gift that Jesus wants to give you in this sacrament. You know, I, not all priests are perfect and they don't all handle situations perfectly. And maybe you did have a, a legitimately really bad experience in confession, but that's not going to be your experience forever. Get, go back. Go back. Don't let it keep you from sacramental grace that God means for you to have through confession. And also just remembering that Jesus is truly present there. I share another funny story in Whisper um, of my my son, Danny, when we were preparing him for his first confession, we were super emphasizing like, it's Jesus you're going to meet in confession. Jesus is present there. You're confessing your sins to Jesus. Jesus is the one forgiving your sins. And um, I guess we neglected to emphasize enough that the priest was going to be in there because when Danny came out after making his first confession, he was like, well, I didn't know the priest was going to be in there. Like, that was awkward. Um, and I was like, oh, I guess he, he missed that somehow. And But I couldn't really regret having emphasized the Jesus's presence, right? Because sometimes that's what trips us up because, you know, the priest is a human being and sometimes we get caught up in, in thinking about what he might be thinking about, what we might be saying or tempted to hold something back out of a sense of shame and not wanting to confess our sins to another human being in that way. But really, it's about Jesus's presence there. And I can tell you enough Enough priests have told me that they are not focused on the details, the nitty-gritty details of whatever you might be confessing. First of all, they've heard it all already. You're not going to shock or scandalize them. And um, they're just so, so grateful that you're there. And um, I have one young priest friend who told me that God just gives him the grace that it's all completely washed from his memory. Like he doesn't take any of it out with him. He isn't like, you know, later at breakfast the next day thinking about what you confessed the other day in, in confession, like ruminating about it. Like, wonder what, what, what they meant by that. Or, you know, we kind of think that way, but they've heard it all first and foremost. It's, it's uh, nothing that, you know, nothing you're going to say in there is going to actually shock or scandalize them. And, you know, God gives them grace to just flush it all from their systems. And, you know, they're super focused on gratitude for the opportunity and gratitude that you've shown up, that you are there. You're availing yourself of God's mercy. And every single one of us needs God's mercy, needs God's forgiveness. And, you know, they're just going to be encouraged that, you, that you're there. And all the angels and saints in heaven are rejoicing when you return to Jesus in confession, when you receive that absolution 
there, there's nothing, there's no feeling in the world like it. And, you know, sometimes you're going to come out feeling like you're on cloud nine and it's just such a, a wonderful feeling. And, and sometimes it's not so much that way. It's a little bit more routine. But in the end, all of it is is worth our time because that's where we get that sacramental grace and that we all need God's grace. We all need God's forgiveness. And um, it's a place where great healing can begin to take place. If you haven't been in a very long time, I really want to encourage you to go you know, make make an appointment if you're feeling like, oh, I don't, you know, maybe it's going to take me a long time or I'm not sure what to say. I mean, you can definitely research online for an easy way of going back to confession if you've been away for a long time or just make an appointment with a priest. If you're feeling shy with your parish priest, there's no reason in the world you can't go the next town over, make an appointment with that priest and let them know, you know, it's been a long time. I'm not sure how to do this. They will gladly walk you through it. But like I said, you can research online and find out everything you need to know about how to go about the, you know, the steps of it if you're if you're not sure about those details or or ask a trusted friend. You know, one time at a women's group that I was a part of, there was one of the women there and she very vulnerably shared that she was hesitant to go to confession. It had been many years. She wanted to go back and she was just like, I'm not even sure what I say. And all the women there were just so supportive and encouraging. And they kind of gather around her and were like, here's what you do. Say these words and then do this. And I, I know that she went that weekend just feeling kind of bolstered up by her sisters in Christ who are willing to walk her through that. So that that might be a very helpful thing for you as well if you've been away for a long time. Um, so, and I explore other themes on the sacrament of confession, some of the ways in which we get in our own way in um, receiving the forgiveness that we need in that sacrament in this chapter of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday. So this book is available from Ascension Press, and you can go to ascensionpress.com. And if you're interested in doing a women's group with it, if you would like a companion journal, send me an email. I'll be glad to get you hooked up with a link to get a companion journal that you can download. It's got discussion questions that you can go through. It could be just on your own for your own reflection as you're going through the book week by week or with a friend you might be meeting with or, or just having a text conversation with as you're going through the book. Or if you have a women's group that's interested in doing the book, I know a ton of them are starting this fall. I'm super excited to hear about how it's going to go in all of those different groups I've been hearing about that are starting up this fall. So if you're interested in that, send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I'll be glad to get you hooked up with the resources that you need to be able to do that. Um, But in the meantime, if you are reading Whisper and you have reflections or thoughts to share or feedback that you'd like to offer me, send me an email, send me a Vox, send me a voicemail. I would love to hear from you. That's really part of the joy of being an author is getting to hear from people in the different ways that they they have things to offer on the themes that we share in the book. So thank you for that. And that's all the time we have for today. But I want to thank you for being here. If you enjoy the Girlfriends podcast, share it. Don't keep the good stuff to yourself. Share it with a friend. You can text them a link. You can share it on your social media. You can leave me a review on iTunes. That helps to get the word out about the podcast and grow our community of girlfriends here. But most importantly, I am so grateful for you, for you showing up, for you putting in the earbuds, taking me along as you take a walk, as you drive, as you do the dishes, as you fold the laundry, whatever it is, I'm grateful to be invited into your life in that way. Thanks for showing up. Thank you for being part of today's show. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.